0: And it's favorite podcast in soccer we trust because the more work Charlie gets, the nicer amenities they get when they rent one of Charlie's 13 homes. That's a true story. Anyway, I'm Jimmy, Trash Can, Cream Cheese, Conradino, Conrad, alongside Hollywood Heath Pearson, not Chuck Wagon. Heath, he is out. He said he gave too yes. much of himself yesterday when producer Alex forgot to hit the stop button. So we just kept going and going and going. And then you dropped off and then I dropped off. And then Charlie just kept going. And he started talking mm-hmm. about wrestling. I don't know. He just, it was off. Uh, I don't even know if people can find it anymore because I think they edited it out, but it was one for the ages. but that's because yeah. producer Alex had the runs. He had that situation, Heath, where he he had to go use the toilet but didn't have any toilet paper. that's that's a mm-hmm. that's a real problem. Anyway, happy to report the producer Alex is okay and back with us today. Heath, do you have any comments though about Charlie's absence?
1: Uh, look, uh, you know, it's, uh, for Charlie being absent today, we know that, uh, as athletes, Charlie went into that red zone, you know, he went in a little bit, he, his, we, if, if Charlie was on his GPS tracker and the heart monitor, he went a little long, he went 90 plus a little too much stop it yesterday to wrap up the show. And he kept on going cause he was in his flow. And guess what happens when you do that? You know, you put yourself at risk of injury, Charlie pulled an injury and therefore he's gotta, he's gotta sit this one out. And this is just about load management ultimately, even for podcasts. Casters, I, you know? I We've think be that
0: able to, uh... y- yeah no I agree with you about the load management I think he's he's I think he thinks he's carrying the podcast now and his back is sore mm-hmm. that's essentially what yep. I'm thinking now there's people that he's on he's on vacation and maybe he yeah. feels like he's entitled to that vacation given how much extra work he's doing for the podcast whatever it is we hope you're having a great time Charlie Davies and we are gonna have a great time here on the show without him because we have a lot <laughs> someone, to talk said he, about as someone said he
1: pulled someone said he pulled a pod string that's kind of fun. <laughs> <laughs> that is undefeated, by the way. I, and it wasn't. It wasn't someone. It was uh, Scott that said it. I shouldn't say someone. We we could throw that up on the screen. Uh, yes. If, if Alex, I is love able to find that. that. But yeah, I that love is that's that. that's good. That's good. Banter. Friday morning dad humor for me. That just really <laughs> warms my heart. So, all
0: right. So we have a, a lot of games to get into as it pertains to our national team and the players in our player pool. Uh, There's some going on today. We got uh, Haji Wrights playing in the Super League in Turkey. Uh, Weston McKinney, Juventus is playing Empoli. We'll see if McKinney continues to get starts under Maxi Allegri. Got John Anthony Brooks and Benfica taking on Porto today. That's one of the big derbies, maybe the biggest derby in all of Portugal, with all due respect to sporting. Uh, Saturday, I don't know which one you want to jump into here. We got Cameron Carter-Vickers and Celtic taking on Hearts. Gio Reina. Well, technically, Jimmy,
1: I don't go believe a, a Porto uh, Benfica would be a Derby. That would be a rivalry, whereas the sporting. Uh, OK, all right. Here the, we go. The sporting <laughs> Lisbon and, and, and Benfica would be a Derby.
0: Uh, we have a Euro snob
1: alert, everybody! A Euro snob alert. Hey, sorry, I call it uh, deal to not pitch. Didn't okay? you get in so, trouble? Didn't you get in trouble for using that microphone, the the megaphone yesterday where you were, and now you're I back did. at it again? Do you learn anything? I, you know what? I know. I have not learned. I am going to <laughs> imagine what we'd we be if we learned from our mistakes, Jimmy. Imagine. Exactly. imagine, well, listen, how imagine. Long we'd
0: be. well, no, you don't ask for permission. You beg for forgiveness. That's how I think yes, it works. There we go. I don't know. That's that's what that has been told anyway. We got uh, Reyna taking on Stuttgart, uh, Kevin Paredes and Wolfsburg taking on Leverkusen. Chris Richards going to be hurt, I think, still uh, with Crystal Palace takes on Everton. Josh Sargent's got a big one. Can he keep it up? Eight goals and two assists so far in the championship they play. Sheffield United. We got uh, Malik Tillman. I don't know if you think he's still involved. Uh, and James Sands. Malik Tillman, excuse me, t- for Rangers, taking on Livingston. Zach Steffen and Middlesbrough taking on Huddersfield. Austin Trusty taking on Blackburn. I don't even know if he's going to be in there. Serginia Dest, AC Milan, taking on Monsa. This is all on Saturday. Christian Pulisic, we're going to get into his situation. They're taking on Manchester United and Chelsea. Uh, that's at, uh, I think that's at Old Trafford. Eunice Musa taking on Mallorca. Joe Scally taking on Eintracht. Mm-hmm. And who else we got? We got Mark McKenzie taking on Antwerp. That'll be a good game for him. Sammy Vine taking on Gank. That he's taking on Mark McKenzie. Ricardo Pepe taking on PSV Eindhoven. I think this is going to be a really good one. Richie Ledesma plays for PSV. We'll see if he gets some minutes against Groningen. Matt Turner and Arsenal, he'll have good seats for their game against Southampton. Tyler Adams, Brendan Aronson taking on Fulham, which means Jedi and Tim Ream are taking on Leeds. That that might be my game of the weekend, given how many... There's four national team players
1: in that respect. Yeah, there's game. there's a lot of national team matchups, right? Pe- Pepe playing Ledesma, like you, like you had mentioned. You've got... Uh... What were the other ones that were were going down this weekend? You got Joe Scalley playing Timmy Chandler, obviously not in the current pool, but right, uh, right. playing each other nonetheless. Anthony Robinson, Tim Ream playing Brennan Anderson, Tyler Adams. That's my favorite one, just because, not Let's so much because it. of all the national team players, uh, but because of the context of them both needing points at this point in the season, leads on a little bit of a slide right now, or on a lot of bit of a slide uh, if you if, if you put it into context, so, and 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 needing needing result, and Tim Ream. This is an opportunity, right, where you do have a lot of Fulham fans. But people see Tim Ream, and then they see the stat come out on him when he he does his thing, right, and the stats of like 99, 100% passes complete and entry balls and the most this and the most that. And people then turn that into a story, and that's what we do. This is an opportunity for easy viewing for people, right? If you want... Uh, if you want Tim Ream to go to the World Cup, this is your chance to watch him and, and judge him based on this performance. I it, do think he's deserving yeah. of a call-up. I do think these things. But a lot of times, we all kind of like, we aggregate a weekend. We aggregate the information from social media. We aggregate all these things. And then we, we we decide how we feel about it as opposed to, uh, and I'm not saying, a lot of people watch Tim Ream play week in and week out. And I appreciate those people and them sharing their 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 opinions. But this is an opportunity to see four national teamers uh, it, it kind of live and in person, and just sort of see how they play and see how they could potentially work within the national team structure. If that makes sense,
0: no, it does make sense. And and uh, I want to give a shout out to Stephen who hit, hit us up on Twitter. If you haven't done that so far, please do. I S W T Pod is the handle. He says also because he's Welsh for Fulham. Harry Wilson is coming back from injury for Fulham. As and Dan James made the move from Leeds to Fulham, he plays for them as well. And so that's something for American fans to keep. An eye on so there's six players of note that American fans should be watching. Four are American and two are Welsh in this one. So appreciate you, Stephen, for dropping that over. Tim Ream, he's played a lot of minutes. He's a, he's 35 now, but he's played a significant amount of minutes over the last couple seasons. It's clear his manager Marco Silva believes in him. Uh, obviously, gives him the captain's armband, and they're coming off a big 3-0 win over Aston Villa. Now I'm going to tie in this Aston Villa result. Keith, because, and we're gonna we're gonna talk to coaches a little bit because Steven Gerrard, mm-hmm. who came in with great fanfare to Aston Villa and, and got him off to a pretty good start when he took over, they just haven't really kicked on despite the amount of money they're spending on players, and you get a short leash, man. Even if your name's Steven Gerrard, so I wonder, with the fact that Jesse Marsh hasn't won a game since August twenty first in the Premier League, do you feel like we should be concerned, like like seriously concerned that he's in trouble. What do you think?
1: Uh, I guess, I mean, I, I, I I mean, I I don't know if trouble is the right word because I don't think, I mean, again, I, I, I go and look and I say, man, he kind of built this team around spending money on, on Americans and he spent 50 million, but in the grand scheme of things, I need to go back and look and see how they spent comparatively comparatively to the other teams in the premier league to know, like, Was this a spin that was about, um, was was this a spin that was going to get them to mid table or was this a spin that was going to make them safely in the Premier League, right? And if that is, then you got to back the guy to stay in the Premier League. Now, if he's in the relegation zone and he's sitting there for, and you go on a loss of like five, six, seven games in a row, then yeah, you need to make that change or or need to stress that. But I think right now where things are at, you can see, if you've watched the games, you can see a plan coming uh, into place. You can see an idea coming to life, but you can also see a lack of results of not being able to execute that plan at an efficient enough rate that's getting them results. And so you certainly have to decide if you're the board or if you're whatever, can this guy get us to that? Can he, can he get us to that point where that plan is working? Or is it always going to be a plan or a work in progress that now we're potentially at risk of? I don't know how much it is, $100 million of going down into uh, the, the second division. Or not $100 million, well, but millions of to, dollars going down.
0: Yeah, I'm happy to state I think the signings of Brendan Aronson and Tyler Adams will be fine whether he he gets fired or not. I think they've warranted the respect to say, yeah, they deserve yeah. to be playing in the Premier League and can hold their own. So I'm less worried about that. I, I It just feels like maybe they need to also spend, or maybe because they spent on those guys, they couldn't spend in other positions. And it's clear that Patrick Bamford, who – was amazing when the first season they back back in the Premier League uh, just hasn't hit the same heights whether due to injury or sharpness or whatever it is confidence he has had some great chances over the last couple of weeks has missed those chances and then it just falls on Jesse's lap I and mean, what else can he do he sets up the team to have success to get create chances to win games they're doing that they're just not finishing those chances they end up losing the game and I guess maybe that's the difference with the coach right even when you don't play well but even when you miss those chances, can your team still grind out a result? Can you still get that hard-fought draw, even though maybe things aren't going exactly your way? You, we, we, right. We're we, obviously firm believers that you create your own luck. And and right now, the luck is not going Leeds' way. So I'm a little bit worried. They're coming off a 2-0 loss to Leicester, who were on the bottom of the table when they played. They didn't create as many chances in that as they had in previous matches. They've only picked up uh, – they only got nine points this season. Eight of those nine came at home at Ellen Road. That's who they're taking on, Fulham this weekend so it's going to be interesting to see also I should add that Jesse once they lost to Leicester he didn't go as as most managers do you go clap the away fans for making the trip or whatever and he didn't do that so the Leeds fans are really turning on him he's he's since come out and apologized to the fans that he was just really frustrated just trying to like think in his head what he wanted to say to his team and and just forgot to do that and and uh, obviously that's a a big part of the tradition <sighs> and, and the respect. Yeah.
1: That's a hard one, man, because Jesse played Jesse managed, Jesse knows we've seen the controversies over the years that even in the worst of times, you know, when Per murder soccer, like forced all of his players to go over one point to, and, and the worst of times that Arsenal, like, you know, clap for the fans and, and, and whatever the fans might whistle, they might boo, they might, whatever, but they are spending their hard earned dollars to come and support you and create the atmosphere that you want that, uh, it is a hard thing. To, I don't believe you forget that. I just don't. Right. Because if you right. do, somebody should see that and tell you to go back out and and correct it. Because it is a small thing um, that becomes a big thing if it's forgotten, right? It's a small right. gesture, but it's a big deal uh, when it when it doesn't happen. And so, um, but I, I don't want to say he was being dishonest either. Like the reality is, is sometimes you do get caught in your own head and you're trying to figure it out. I've gone in. I've gone in the tunnel, Jimmy. Um, at clubs where there was a tradition of 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 clapping the fans um, or thanking the fans uh, on accident. Again, pissed off, you go in or you're just trying to figure something out or your mind is like, you know, what just happened here and your risk your job's at risk and all those things. But that's the beauty of being a manager generally that makes them good is they have, a, not to say they don't get emotional or caught up in things, but they generally have the holistic view. The players have the selfish view, right? The manager has to have that bigger perspective. Now, the fans right. are a different part of that conversation, but... Uh, hopefully it's a learning moment the fans give him what I would think is a second chance to to do it right and judge him based on results as well as is not um kind of hold him to a standard that like you know in 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 the in the heat of the moment uh got the best of him or or led him to to make a decision that that they would have liked to have been different
0: yeah, it's gonna be interesting to see I mean he he was very quick to apologize and explain himself, but to your point, they don't forget that and nor they nor should they given given all the things that you stated and, and how important it is to the fans to be acknowledged in that capacity. I, I do want to let everybody know this game's happening on Sunday between mm-hmm. Leeds and Fulham at Ellen Road. That game kicks off at 9 p.m. Eastern, excuse me, 9 a.m. Eastern, 6 a.m. Pacific time for us in California at Heath. So I'm definitely getting up to watch that one. There's just so much yes. at stake for both clubs and, and for the manager that we're talking about in particular. All right, let's keep it in the Premier League. Let's talk a little Chelsea versus Manchester United. I think I said at the top that it was at Old Trafford, it's at Stanford Bridge. And Graham Potter's actually got a pretty good record when he was Brighton manager against Manchester United. Brighton went to Old Trafford at the first game of the season and beat United. So I feel like there is uh, some good juju around Graham Potter and his capability of beating this team. Now, that was obviously Eric Ten Hogg's first game in charge, a real game in charge, and it didn't go well. But they've since rebounded a little bit, this Manchester United team. And before we talk about Christian Pulisic, who's kind of in a similar situation, just not acting like a baby about it, let's talk a little Cristiano Ronaldo because he apparently was asked to be a sub and to come into the game against Tottenham in their 2-0 win midweek. And he refused to come in and then went into the tunnel before the game was over. He's since been suspended and is not going to be playing against Chelsea. There are now reports coming out of the UK or out of Manchester that they might just release him for free which mm-hmm. is interesting. Let's leave that part of it out now. But but the question for me and for anybody out there, even if you're playing pickup or whatever, I mean, have you ever been around a player, but let's talk to you, Heath, about your professional experience around somebody who just, even if they're not playing, they somehow make it all about them, right? Mm-hmm. And, and obviously when they are playing, it's still all about them and how you think this is just, we can even get into the CR7 legacy a little bit, but as yeah. a player, obviously he's got uh, some off the field stuff, but let let's let's what what do you think about this behavior it's, it's, and his reaction to it?
1: It's funny because obviously he is one of the five greatest players to ever play the game, right? Uh, and his numbers speak for themselves. But you're getting to a point now where you have been the player where a team is built around you, and now you have a project where the team needs to be built around the team, and you have good players, and we haven't been getting the most out of those players. If I'm if I'm the board or whatever, and the money that we've spent at the club. Ronaldo comes in for whatever reason, they decided that obviously I think it was to prevent him from going to Manchester city, uh, and becomes the focal point. Now he's at an age where he's not the player that he once was. He's much more efficient, still has the ability to do unbelievable world-class things, but there is that tipping point of needing to play that role. Now I will never understand what it's like to be Cristiano Ronaldo. I'll never know what it's like to to spend a day in, in, in his shoes, but he is nearing the end of his best uh, days. And again, when they go down the Ronaldo-Messi comparisons, Ronaldo has become much more efficient. But with Ronaldo being more, much more efficient, it's required him to be put in the positions to be more efficient, right? Where you look at another player who's better, like a Messi, who can be on the ball and be more effective in and around the ball all the time. Whereas Ronaldo, you want Ronaldo in and around the goal, right? And if he's not providing in the way that they want as a team or the way the team wants to build out, because we're seeing the modern game, no one you're you're almost no teams and i say that with excuse to messi cuz he doesn't defend are allowed to go without players that defend right, right. right everybody has to defend now in the modern game or at least if you want to set up in a way that gets you the ball in good spots on the field that means you don't have to break down 11 players to score those types of things are really really important now uh to move on to whether or not i've had had teammates like that yeah of course i have you know i had i had i played with uh Thierry Henry and Thierry Henry wasn't whether he played or not. <laughs> he gave he was, us names, he was, everybody.
0: He gave us names he, and one of the
1: biggest he, to play. <laughs> he was he was a guy that would have absolute meltdowns. Like he would have he would leave training. He would go home. He would like leave in the middle of training. Middle he would of the training? He would, he would, middle, middle training. Middle chin. He'd kick balls over the fence. He'd go home. But <laughs> but no 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 you can't give me the butt. Give me more stories about no Thierry no, Henry. no no I, I mean I'll get plenty of those stories oh, oh, over time. But the, the 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 point is is that <laughs> that that had an effect on the locker room all the time, right? And the locker room was based on the mood of Thierry. We would come in at halftime of games, be up 2-0. Thierry would come in super pissed off in a game, halftime, ready to just explode on everyone, saying this is not how we should be playing. And he'd had a standard that he wanted it to be played, but we'd all come in and be like, too, it's 2-0 or 3-0. Like, what's going on <laughs> here? Out, like, yeah, out. like save this for another time. The mood is good. Like, let us live in this moment. And and he just had a different way of looking at the game all the time that there was a, a constant stress. And I had heard the same thing about David Villa and NYCFC is that not even so much about their role and whether they're playing well or not, because they like David Villa was a world-class player. Tierra Henry is a world-class player. It was more of their mood and the ability of what their mood could do to the locker room, right? So take Ronaldo, whether he plays or not out of it, of course, he's going to be pissed off and I want to play or doesn't want to be a sub or whatever, like his egos rolling into all those things, but his mood and his presence being that he is Cristiano Ronaldo in the locker room has the ability to tear a team down. Like we'd be nervous in the locker room, whether it's at halftime of a game or or at the training grounds when this type of thing was happening. When Thierry was happy, everyone was happy because this is our leader. This is the guy that we all look to. The guy who's played in champions, the guy that's won everything. You look to him. and when they're down, whether it was for personal reasons or pissed off about a performance of the team or all those things, you would just sit quietly in your locker. And I would consider myself a friend of Thierry, but I was still terrified every time it happened. Um, no, and I heard the same of David yeah. Villa, uh, of like when he would come in in a bad mood one day, the whole locker room would just sort of, and the training sessions and everything around that would be affected by this person because of just the clout they had, the the, the quality that they had, the respect that they had, the voice that they had, so, the, so, just the career that they okay. had, all that.
0: Yeah. And you have to respect that obviously. And they, they're demanding that respect and they're demanding that, that level and expectation. But do you feel like even though there's a positive spin on that, right? Because it's probably going to raise the level of, of something, or at least your attention and your focus, or because you're scared to death, what this person's going to do to you or what they're going to say, or how they're going to eyeball you or whatever it is, whatever phase you are in your career, depending on your age. Yep. Do you, do you, do you think that was what's what was best for the team? Like, obviously in moments it's, it's, it's going to be great. You want that leadership in that moment when the team's not playing well, and somebody's going to step up and say something. But if you're a coach, let's just say you're a coach, you look at your team, you're like, okay, this guy helps me in these really tough moments, and and that's worth something. But on the other hand, like the other 80% of the time when I don't need that, it's just the biggest pain in the ass of all time. And so so what's interesting is I went on Instagram and Fabrizio Romano, one of our uh, colleagues here at CBS – he put out a thing on, on his Instagram talking about the situation and, and what Eric Ten Hogg said with regard to, hey, n- nobody's above this. It happened once before in a game. It can't happen a second time. I've talked to him. We're, we're discussing everything. He's being suspended until we can figure this out. And I wrote, that's a proper coach, right? He has a culture he wants mm-hmm. to set. He wants to all that. And And the CR7 fanboys are absolutely hammering me on this post it's unbelievable delete this you don't know what the hell you're talking about he's been lied to eric ten hogg told him one thing doesn't even use him and i'm like what has even happened? i got sucked into the cr7 fan no. vortex
1: look look jimmy which is if, a fun place that, to be by the way if, if that if that happened in peak ronaldo let's light let's light the internet on fire sure. but the reality is is it he's, is not peak ronaldo no, he's Michael it, Jordan at the Washington
0: Wizards. That's where he yeah, is. He's, that's he where he's is not peak right. Ronaldo. Is he still
1: world-class? Yes. Can he still do things that no very few in the world can do? Yes, of course. I'm not denying any of that. But the reality is, is a situation like this is a lot easier for Ten Hag because of the quality of players. It's not Ronaldo plus 10 others. They've got world-class talent at Manchester United that they haven't been able to extract even remotely enough. And that's not Ronaldo's fault. That was before he was even there that they had these types of issues. But the the, the the game is bigger than him and you're setting a precedent moving forward. It's a it's, and, and believe me, if Ronaldo was in his peak form and at Manchester United, this would be a completely different conversation. We'd be happy. No, of course, but, of course. But because there is there is some some exceptions to rules for your big stars, and Ronaldo probably had them for a lot of his, his, his career. But this is a different situation of where he's at in his career and where the team needs to go. The situation of Manchester United over the last seven, eight years, the new manager coming in, new players coming in, needing to set a new culture and a precedent for the future. And I think it's not ideal. And whether he's lying or not, it's really hard for a Ten hog to get the respect that he's gotten um, with communication and then assume that he's playing games with Cristiano Ronaldo. That's insane. Yeah, right. Like Imagine no, being Ten hog, yeah. knowing you've got to have that hard conversation with one of the best players to ever play the game. Like, of course, you're not going to be like, oh, I don't want to avoid it. You need to be mature yeah, about gotta it. And, 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 yeah, you got to be straightforward. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So here's
0: here's some stats that I think are interesting to read out because there's a lot of comments right now saying Cristiano Ronaldo to MLS and and we can try to decide which market we want him to go to. I'm all <laughs> for him going to the Columbus crew. I think that would be... Uh, <laughs> see, I agree. See, he Ronaldo would going to Columbus. I <laughs> would love Germantown. Okay, so so this is what's happening. when when When... Eric Ten Hag doesn't start Cristiano in the Premier League. Uh, They have, these are the stats that improve. Their distance covered is not a big surprise. They've scored more goals. Their expected goals are better. Their pressures, their tackles, their goals conceded, their points, everything, all that is much improved when Ronaldo doesn't start to the point where they have not won a game in the Premier League or even scored a goal, Heath, when Cristiano Ronaldo has started in the Premier League this season. That's wild to me. So, so he clearly the team is, I mean, the stats bear it out, but it's probably to the eye test as well. You can see that they just have to carry a lot and do a lot more when he's out on, on the field. And it, he's gotten plenty of chances to make an impact given his role. Maybe he doesn't like the role under Eric Tan Hogg, and fair enough. That's a different conversation. But but when he's out there, it just hasn't turned into anything that's led itself to success. And now the fact that they're maybe even considering uh, releasing him on a free transfer is is not surprising. I guess it is because of who he is and what he's done in the game, but also not surprising given where the situation has gotten to. We know that he's asked out before his whole thing with Juventus, you know, he's like, I'm, I want out, you know, it's interesting. Yeah. So he has, he he has a behavior, uh, a history of behavior that we could, or it might be replicated here. It might, seems like that's what's happening. Where do you think he would, let's say legitimately, where do you think he could end up in MLS? Assuming I'm, I'm saying right now, I don't think he'd go to either New York club. I would say Miami would be a destination. And potentially the LA Galaxy. That's it. I, I, I think that it's, even, though, even LAFC could have a crack at him. I don't think he goes there. I think the Galaxy would really come in hard because that's been the model for a long
1: time. Yeah. Galaxy could come in hard. Miami. You know, Those are the only two for me. Like, legitimately. You know, uh, now,
0: would I love it, to see it, him at FC Dallas playing in Frisco. I'd fucking love that. That would be amazing.
1: Yeah, but uh, I mean, yeah. look, the reality of 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 like, I don't see him. I don't see him wanting to go to NYCFC. Maybe there's something he's going to miss the window of any sort of like own stadium type of thing. Um, I could see that being like if if NYC was a different world. Uh, I guess they are. Well, if they players, had their own so stadium, then maybe NYC. But, but it's but, still it's still a CFG uh, move that that I think could be problematic. Uh, for for uh, a Man United legend to go to a, a city football group, but uh, New York Rebels, I think they're past the model in that era of of spending like that, um, and are and are doing it differently, much closer to to their European model of player development. Uh, yeah, and LAFC, I think they 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 took a flyer on kilini and they took a flyer on Gareth Bale, both who have played bit part roles for the team. I agree, they played supportive roles, yeah. they played yeah. complementary roles, and they set that standard. I don't think. They're going to move away from that because of just when you roll the dice with a big star now, and we're seeing this. You are rolling the dice, and yeah. the economics, the business side of that, like LAFC might sell more jerseys. I don't know how much money you actually make from a jersey, right? If the cost of a jersey comes from Adidas and whatever, like the club themselves, I I, I don't think that that's like a huge huge money yeah, maker. Right. Even it's though that's that a always it's always a big that's always a big thing. But like I was reading somewhere that it's like pennies on the dollar they make on on jersey sales. Um, so. And and it's a sold out club with season tickets um, backed up, and so LA Galaxy seems to be what I would think the the, the right one. Now, look, if you wouldn't offered up Cristiano Ronaldo to every club, would they start scrambling to be like, well, you know, maybe I know we said we wouldn't do it, but like, <laughs> no one ever asked us either. We didn't have oh, the opportunity, and so yeah, he, maybe he really wants to go play for another Real and goes to Real
0: yeah. Salt Lake, baby. Let's
1: yeah, get after it. They, all exactly. it's all
0: coming together now. They got a they finally got a Real Madrid player.
1: I mean, what does everybody else league? think realistically <laughs> where, you know, in the comments where they think Cristiano Ronaldo could go or hit us we up on dream Twitter all, as well. Yeah. yeah, we could dream all we want, but there's very few clubs that I think could spend the money could. I mean, I mean, you're t- the, uh, R- Cristiano Ronaldo coming to MLS is, is, is Beckham to MLS. The yes. wave that that was is Beckham to MLS, right? It is a massive overhaul into a club. You're talking about, Security changes, you're talking about. Structural changes, you're talking yeah, about. Yeah, Basically, yeah. an army coming in. Um, right. And that is a big, big deal. Granted, I also think Cristiano Ronaldo still has perhaps some legal issues in the U.S., so I'm not sure where he's at with any of that stuff. True. Um, true. If that's uh, where where any of that is. Because I know that he couldn't come on preseasons and things like that over the last few years because of um, the the sexual assault cases that, that existed. So that could be just a non-starter anyway.
0: Okay. That's true. I still think it's the galaxy or, or inter Miami. Uh, let's talk then about Christian Pulisic or any other players. I'll, I'll whip through a couple more. We got Timo Wea and Leal taking on Monaco. That's going to be a great matchup. Hopefully he gets some valuable minutes. Maybe he'll get the start. He's been a super sub for the last couple of games. We'll see if that turns into coming, uh, or being ready right from the opening whistle. And I think I named everybody else, but I just want to remind everybody that we're less than a month away from the start of the tournament. And mm-hmm. we are less than three weeks away from the roster being named. And, and, I, I, before we started the podcast, Heath, outside of having a chuckle about Charlie's disappearance, because we don't know what the hell he's doing, which is the best, but, but I just thought, do you think Greg's already got his team set? I mean, I know he's thrown some little pieces of our little bait, I guess, for us to nibble on with regard to him already kind of knowing who he wants to bring. And it's just maybe a couple guys. So I'm just trying to think there's so much pressure and these guys have to feel it of, of not only being healthy, but, being sharp enough to validate either Greg's decision or or not to not to make that mistake for him to be like well see you made that one mistake i'm not going to take you you know it's just it's crazy how, how how fine that line is so i don't know if you want to talk about pulisic he's mm-hmm. obviously going to be a lock but and i think he'll be a super sub again the last four times that chelsea and man united have played against each other have been draws a couple of 0-0s a couple of 1-1s grand potter has uh, unbeaten since being chelsea manager and I, I think that will continue in some form but I don't know if he's going to rely on Christian Pulisic from the start, at least, to try to be the, the difference maker. Any comments on any of our players that you think, you know, these games are still incredibly valuable for them to turn some heads?
1: I mean, I continue to look at Joe Scally as the importance of him continuing to make his chart. It's just, it's one of those things where, again, we we I know Charlie is is very high on Chris Richards, but if Chris Richards was getting some minutes right now, I'd be like, yeah, these are hugely important, right. To keep that exposure and visibility to show that, that maturity and growth, even if it is spot minutes. But when I look at somebody like Joe Scally, I'm like, this is a guy that's been playing consistently for like a year now. Um, and he hit a little bit of a dip last year, but he's been playing consistently and winning out against Stefan liner in, in that position, like to be the starter. And we haven't seen that translate into the national team. Now in the last camp, when he was higher up the field, he looked really good and much more comfortable, the best we've ever seen him. Um, but we still have a very, we have a big sample size at the club level and you can see the potential and some of his his, his uh, weaknesses. But at the same time, you look at him in the national team, and you're like, man, we haven't really seen him. Like we've barely seen him. And so he's one that I think uh, continues to need to play. But I could, I, I don't know. I feel like he's on on the plane right now just based on form and consistency and continuing to kind of plow through you know, we'd look at some of these guys, PFOC or, or or others, where they go through Brandon Vasquez, where he was like in peak form and then all of a sudden didn't score. And we're like, not even talk about him anymore. Joe Scalley continues to keep himself in the conversation um, endlessly.
0: Yeah, it's it's interesting. But he's going up against Joe Scally with DeAndre Yedlin, who's got the experience, that World Cup experience in particular that we talk about and value. You got Reggie Cannon, who I think is still... I like I like Reggie Cannon because he can play centrally because he has been playing in a back three. If we need to shift into that, though, we never, Mm -hmm. ever work on it. So it probably never shift into it. Uh, But there's a question here that I like from Mern. What's up, Mern? What player needs to be in the best form leading into the first World Cup match? This feels kind of at either end of a starting starting 11. You have your number nine and you have your goalkeeper. I mean, I mean, obviously you want everybody in, in peak form, but whoever is like that hot, hot hand at the number nine spot. Is going to be interesting, and the MLS guys, the ones that got knocked out already, you know, they could be they could be dangling for a couple of weeks before they get that that those meaningful games again, which could be a World Cup. So that's a, that's an interesting one. I, I kind of I guess my initial answer to that, Heath, is goalkeeper or or number nine, but maybe you think there's a different position.
1: Uh man, like I I think it'd be I think it'd be good for us to soon go through the player pool and see if we can get down to 26. Um and and what that what that would be. But in terms of like Are you doing that right now? Do you want us to do that? No, right no, 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 no. Not right now. I I at some point. But I yeah. but when I think about like there was a there was a question, yeah, uh what player needs to be in the best form leading into World Cup match, I'm thinking about There would there's, there's some, uh, team away shouts in there. I think that's a really important one for me because, you know, you go to Charlie and Charlie's got him starting all the time. And as we continued to go struggle through qualifying, he was a breath of fresh air because again, the intentionality of his play made it the game predictable, made the gate team better. Now it's not dynamic. It's not always the sexiest, but like him getting down to the touchline, him running over the top, all those things that are part of like classic football or soccer, um, have been oh, forgotten. You're you're, and, a, you're a snob. Heath is back, yeah. everybody. Football might, <laughs> you know, is is well, you get you know the ball uh, up the, hall of the <laughs> pitch, uh, you know, in the mixer. Uh, uh, but you know, I I just having a player like him that plays a little more traditional as a winger, right? We all yeah, we right. all had guys like that, and they were hugely useful in a team. And they would sit out, you know, their feet would be covered in white because they'd be on the uh, up against the line the entire game run down, cross the ball, get it in the box and, and see what happens. Now you can have other players throughout where it's like, maybe you have the withdrawn winger on the other side and that sort of stuff. But he's one that I think I would love to see uh, healthy and getting 90 minute runs uh, going into the world cup because he could very well be our, our starter at right wing, at least and in, our, in and our game. most
0: important player. You know I mean? Yeah. We could, I mean, that's another question too. almost reverse engineering. Okay. After the three world cup games, who's going to emerge as our, or who had been our most important player throughout this process. It's going to be interesting. We'll get into previews and predictions as the tournament gets closer. Of course, anyway, we're going to take our first and only break of in soccer. We trust when we come back, there were a couple exciting MLS cup playoff games that we're going to dive into as well as previewing what's coming up in MLS for the playoffs this weekend. So don't go anywhere. Mother's day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from blue Nile. welcome back everyone to in soccer we trust i'm jimmy cream cheese conrad with hollywood heath pierce we have no charlie chuck wagon davies today because i i, he, I think he owns a couple tanning salons and i think he wanted to test out the equipment heath, <laughs> before he new
1: equipment yeah.
0: i don't know he just wanted to make sure it was the top top stuff you know so yeah fair play yeah. to him you know he's a he's yeah. a guy that like wants to control every step of the process and I've got a lot of respect for that. (laughs) Quality control means a lot to Charlie Davis. Yeah, it does. (laughs) All right, let's talk about the MLS Cup playoffs because I know you made a crack at me for going to my 25th anniversary of my 1997. And I know there's probably a lot of you in the comments and listening right now that wasn't even born in 1997. I get it. I know I'm old. I get it. I don't need to hear it from you guys. But that was cool to go see some old teammates I played with Carlos in on that team Nick Ramondo Matt Reese Josh Keller I mean it's just amazing amazing group of guys uh, Sean Chakiris it goes on and on and on, and on. but but uh, you but because I went to that in L.A. I didn't get a chance to go to L.A.F.C. take on the Galaxy and El Tráfico which turned out to be an absolute classic but you took your kids to their first ever L.A.F.C. game and what I don't know if you could pick a better game for them to go to did they have fun is what I'm asking you. <clears throat>
1: Yeah, it was unbelievable. It was an unbelievable atmosphere, and and obviously, like you you can't always like pick what their first one is. It just happened to fall into the time where I thought like these kids can make it to the end of this game, uh, which they almost <laughs> they 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 were exhausted by the end. But you know, I also like pumped them up full of like goodies and treats and sugar and all those things to make it like a little great. Disneyland a experience, dad. you know, sure. trying to build that soccer culture by just being like <laughs> associating, associating sugar. soda with, with soccer, you know, uh, <laughs> uh, but it was an unbelievable experience. Um, and, a, and, a, and a fantastic match, you know, LA galaxy are just so good and so much better than that. Uh, I would have expected them to be coming into the playoffs. If you looked at the way that they played for a lot of the year, if you looked at how they beat Nashville, but they matched up really well. With LAFC, and um, actually had chances to to put that game to bed and win that game too. That could have gone to to, to either team, and every time they got punched, they punched back. And so, uh, a really good playoff good game. Goals, too. Uh, really good goals, really yeah. good goals. Really good goals. You know, there was there was some bars and posts that were hit. There was just some good buildup play. There was some intensity from the very beginning. Potentially. Um, you know what what people were saying could have been a red card on on Ricky Pooch uh on, on a headbutt. I think it's I'm happy that didn't happen just because yeah, it, would uh, take it, away it wouldn't game. have changed the game. Yep, you know, yep. and now if you're an LAFC fan, you're like rules are rules, man. He he leaned in and whatever. But I think the ref did a good job there. I think the ref missed a few other things that were like kind of play-on moments that that could have been called back yellows, counter-attack situations, but overall, let the game have that intensity that you want. These teams hate each other they were LA galaxy had to travel into that stadium and play away from home. And you could just see it in their faces as they went punch for punch that they knew that they were knocking on the door. Them losing, um, came down to, to a moment of brilliance, uh, from, from LAFC. And we talked about this cause we, we, we had Kellen Acosta on recently talking about the value of the set piece. Right. And that's what mm-hmm. led to their win is Kellen Acosta corner kick whips that ball in with pace. gets a, a shot on frame and a follow-up tap in. And, it's just so easy to look at 90 minutes, Jimmy, and I'll, I'll make this sh- this part short. Well, I don't and know. Just You've been think going for a how, time, so I, I know. know. I'm you just, oh, I just like, you know, I'm, my feet aren't even touching the ground. I'm just so poetic right now. <laughs> yeah, you know, like ahead. I'm floating right now. I'm in a moment of, I'm in a moment of zen. Uh, <laughs> but like that set piece over 90 minutes, none of, nothing else mattered. It was two to two, and then you get your set piece in the end, and you see so many teams not ever focus on the value of that, of putting uh, having a good player or not being able to like put in a good ball. Carlos Vela on top of the box on a free kick is not fearful for me, right? But a corner kick uh, or a ball from a wide area that Kellen Acosta can whip in with an extreme pace is is the difference of going on to the conference finals. And, and I just wish teams would focus on that more or establish that more. And sometimes it's personnel-based, right? Do you have guys that are good in the air? Do you have guys that are comfortable in the box? Those types of things. But just having a set-piece taker on the field at all times puts you in such a different position to be able to win games, that that's what uh, ended up being the difference for LAFC on that day. Not not the big stars that they have on the field.
0: No, I, I appreciate you bringing that up, and uh, we've discussed before the value of Kellen Acosta and his piece taking, which has proven to be very valuable as we saw in World Cup qualifying and in other tournaments last summer. But when I look at that goal that the Galaxy gave up, just to give everybody context, if you didn't see it, it, it was two two. The Galaxy came back after a couple of minutes after getting scored on to make it 2-1. Like we're talking last five minutes of the game and Jovalich scores a pretty sick goal to make it 2-2. You think the momentum's with the Galaxy. Uh, LAFC kind of grinds out a corner kick that maybe Koulibaly from the Galaxy could have managed better, whatever. So they get a corner kick. It's an injury time at this point. There's six extra minutes of injury time. Kellen Acosta whips in a great ball to the back post. And when I watch it, as much as I appreciate Kellen Acosta's consistency and the weight of his pass and all that, I just like how crap defending, like, it's not even, listen, everybody set pieces aren't about talent. They're not about talent. It's about concentration and focus and doing your job and wanting the ball more. It's desire than, than the guy that you're competing against. And for the galaxy to have that lapse of concentration in that moment, when you'd worked so hard to get back yourself and get yourself back into the game twice, cause they were down twice. Is, that's the only thing I'm disappointed about. Otherwise, that was a cracking-ass game, and I and I want more El Traficos in my life, and the playoffs have been excellent, and if you can make it time for for any MLS Cup playoff games, we we highly suggest you do it. We'll do a little preview of the Sunday games here in a second. But fair play to LAFC. They are the top team in the league. That's why they won the Supporters' Shield. That means they have home field advantage throughout. So now they're going to host uh, FC Dallas in the Conference Western Conference Final for the chance to host MLS Cup, and that is uh, – that's a pretty big deal. So or sorry, FC Dallas still has to play no. Austin. Yeah, you have yeah, to play yeah, Austin. Austin yeah, yeah, yeah. We didn't yeah, have that yeah. one. Sorry, I didn't wow. get ahead you're of myself. Putting,
1: I, you're putting you putting that down. I in didn't spoil alert. I actually have Austin on, thinking, that, but I'm that's like, that's on that, that game's on, on that game's on Sunday. Yeah. I forgot Montreal the second half. All all right, sorry, sorry. I'm reverse jinxing FC
0: Dallas because I picked Austin to go through. But but uh we had both number one seeds deal with their buys and get by, even though they were tight games. So let's move over to the east with the Philadelphia Union. Real quick,
1: Jimmy, before before we get to that. What I at least like about the prediction of Austin going through is I said it would be a three-one win for for LAFC. It could have been three-one for for LA Galaxy, right in that game. Like it was that wide I open. I said three-two. they do play, I just want to throw if that out they. There. It, well, wow, you did. That's amazing. <laughs> I did. Uh, I did. Uh, good prediction, man. You should have put Thanks. some uh, money on it, or you did. did. And now yeah. you know this this house that you're building in your background can actually finally <laughs> be finished. That's what right? uh, uh But but. If they did play Austin, which I which I would love, at least we're going to get exciting playoffs, which playoffs yeah. don't... People get so caught up in the playoffs and, and big games and finals are rarely exciting because of that caginess of just never really un, un, unlocking themselves. That I'm hoping that we at least get excitement all the way through uh, to a final, especially with the Philadelphia Union on the other side who have been bagging goals for fun this year as well.
0: They have, but they actually played this one pretty tight. It was a 1-0 win for Philly over FC Cincinnati, who Philly had yet to beat this season. They had lost and had a draw at home, but they did what they needed to do. Leon Flack scored in the 60th minute, and they got the clean sheet. Andre Blake, who was just named as MLS Goalkeeper of the Year for the third time, the first ever goalkeeper to have earned the award three times, was excellent. He made five tremendous saves, and there's a quote here from Philly manager Jim Curtin who said, I don't think it's a coincidence that the best offensive team in the league keeps a clean sheet in the playoffs. The lost art of defending. I'm still a believer. That's what wins championships. And that pumps me up, Jim Curtin. I, I, I love, love it, it, too. I think I think defending is a lost art. And I love that he's putting an emphasis on it, which was clear by the award winners. They got goalkeeper of the year. They also got uh, Jacob Glessis, Scott the center back for Philly, got uh, defender of the year. So... This is going to be a good one. I'm glad they went through because we've seen number one seeds drop off after the first round bye before. They're not maybe as sharp. And now that's going to be setting up to, to see who, who they take on, which is going to be between Montreal and NYCFC, which is happening on Sunday as well. So let's do uh, Western Conference first. Austin FC taking on FC Dallas on Sunday. Are you you're leaning towards Austin or are you leaning towards Dallas? This is going to be a great I mean... game, by the way.
1: Dallas squeaked out of that one. Uh I mean, when you look at Dallas, they got so many good players, but Ferreira just doesn't seem to be as clinical as I think they need him to be to beat Austin. And Austin's got an, an unbelievable team, uh, in terms of, of of being able to go out and 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 attack with the best of them. So I I, I would love for it to be FC Dallas because it keeps our uh USMNT prospects going uh further into the playoffs and and playing in games of consequence, which I think are important, but uh it's just hard to I, I watched Austin batter batter uh, LAFC earlier this year, you know, and Austin can a team that was literally set records for being sort of the worst uh last but after year. after that
0: After that though, uh, they beat LAFC uh in like the end of August. Uh, Austin yep. did 4-1 at home. And you're like, wow, they're putting their flag in the ground. Josh Wolf's got the guys going. They only won one of their next seven and leading into the playoffs and then needed a little bit of I think good fortune to beat uh, real salt Lake when they were down 2 zero after 15 minutes mm-hmm. in the first round, they got that fortune, got a red card oh, turned it into beating them in penalties. Now, when you take on an FC Dallas team, they've played FC Dallas twice this season and they've both been draws. What's interesting though about the draws is that FC Dallas had the lead in both in Dallas. They were up one, zero. Austin came back, made it one, one mm-hmm. in Austin. Dallas was up two zero and then Austin came back and made it two, two, just like they did against RSL. This past week, so there's something about Austin I really like that even if things aren't going their way, they still got a little bit of something inside of them collectively to go out there and make plays. Sebastian Driussi has been excellent for them, MVP candidate as he should be, scoring a bunch of goals. I think that FC Dallas maybe have more weapons that are more consistently getting numbers, I'd say, but in mm-hmm. a lot of it goes through Dri- Driussi for for Austin, but you can't, they just can't can't contain that guy right now he's unbelievable i think that i could see this going to a draft or 90 i could see it going to pens and because it's in austin i'm just going to go with austin to win in pens what where are you leaning on this one
1: yeah i'm going to go with austin just because it's that 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 home game and i think they've got this momentum right now and this belief i mean i, I don't know if you saw like just the have the you cost been to the, the stadium uh, only for only for a uh, national team game when the u.s played uh, jamaica so, uh, nice. down there it's, it's so cool yeah. yeah i went to one it's, home it, game
0: it, the first one ever and it was great
1: yeah, it's it. It looks. Uh, I mean, for the for the, at the club level, it looks just unbelievable, and an atmosphere that is very home field. And and though I again, when I think about FC Dallas and I think about the quality that they have, they can stay in this one uh, for sure. I just it's hard to just write off Austin at home um, and and being in sort of uncharted uh, territory uh, for their season. And so I'm I'm gonna go with a, a close Austin win in this one.
0: Okay. No, I like that. Let's go over to the other one then. Montreal, who, if you are new to the league and you want a hipster team to follow, I think uh, Montreal might be the team you want. They're taking on reigning champions. NYCFC, and in this game, NYCFC I thought were excellent against Inter Miami last week. Uh, Three tremendous goals, opportunistic, great energy. You could see they were playing like champions, right? They've done this. They've been there. They're not afraid of going on the road. They did it pretty much the whole run last year to get into MLS cup. They had to go into Portland to win MLS cup last year and they did it. Do you like NYCFC to go into Canada, to go into Montreal and, and get something from this game? Cause I just like what Montreal is doing. They have been, they, I think they have one loss in their last 11 games. They, they have a clear identity. There's a clear collectiveness and belief in who they are and what they're about under manager Wilfried Nancy. And I kind of just want to see Montreal go through with all due respect to NYCFC
1: who I who I think are a tremendous team. I think I predicted NYCFC to go through, so I'm going to stick with that that prediction and they looked really good. They just looked they looked clinical when they needed to be. They looked like a playoff team. Um and and again, granted that's at that's at quote I'm putting air quotes if you're listening to this home. Uh <laughs> this game is is not and and so Uh, this is, this is going to be in, in Montreal and Montreal have had a very, very good season. So it's tough to really bet against them, but I'm just going with that sort of like that repeat feeling of like, Hey, we're, we're close to something here. We've had to claw back. We haven't had the greatest of seasons, but we're, we're on a bit of a run right now. And our form is great. And, and showing that in your first playoff game, I think is indicative of, of their belief and the quality that they have. So, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to, I'm going to go with, um, NYCFC to win this one, one nil. One nil, one nil. Wow, I, yeah. I I respect that.
0: I got Montreal. I'll say two one Montreal, and and I'm kind of playing. I'm playing it straight. I got the number one seed versus the number two seed in both sides of the bracket, the West and the East. And uh, it would be kind of cool to have a season like that. And if both number ones end up in the final, that's the what's way that it called when you play it be. straight? Uh What is um, the phrase? Uh, the chalk. And, uh, You're playing the chalk. Chalk. Playing the yeah, chalk. Yeah, 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 yeah. There we go. All right, everybody. That is the end of the show. I'm going to go final thoughts first, then I'll throw it over to Heath. But we have. Weston McKinney getting the start today uh, for Juventus against Empoli. That game's kicking off right now on Paramount+. Plus. So make sure you go check that out if you want a little fix for your player pool. And then this weekend, obviously, lots of big games. Gio Reyna, Stuttgart, uh, boucher Dorman taking on Stuttgart. That's on ESPN+. Plus. That'll be at 9.30 a.m. We got uh, other ones, I think. Pulisic taking on Manchester United. Obviously, uh, Sergio Des hopefully gets to play against Monsa for Milan. Yunus Musa taking on Mallorca again. Joe Scali taking on Eintracht. So those are some big ones. Then, of course, the one on Sunday, I think the ones we should be watching because of the number of players that will be involved. We have Leeds hosting Fulham. That is a big one. And then Sunday nights, just make sure you make some time for one or both of the MLS Cup playoff games. I think they're going to be a lot of fun. And obviously, then we get to see who will be matched up in the next round with LAFC in the Philadelphia Union. So I just want to give up one more rundown for everybody. Lots of games for us to watch and pay attention to. I'm excited for these groups of players. We're getting so much closer to the World Cup. And uh, squeaky bum time, Heath Pierce. All right, final thoughts mm-hmm. for you,
1: uh, Sam Vines, Mark McKenzie, going at each other on Sunday. Both of them Good playing one. regularly. Both of them on the fringes of the national team. I think that's another important one. I'm hoping that that one's on on ESPN Plus to be able to watch. I was talking to Mark, and he wasn't sure if it was going to come on or not um, when that when he when I talked to him about it a couple yeah. weeks ago. Hopefully, we're, we we have visibility on that one. I haven't looked up to see where to find that game, and then obviously, uh, really hoping for another. Ricardo Pepe performance against PSV, which is a much bigger club to play against, yeah, uh, at, at, you know, with Groningen. So I'm hoping to, uh, he puts out a good performance there and 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 we get to see the best side of him.
0: Yeah, just so everybody knows, Mark McKenzie, Sam Vines, it's on ESPN+. Plus. That game kicks off at 7.30 a.m. Eastern on Sunday. So make that your little teaser before you get into mm-hmm. the Leeds-Fulham game. And then, of course, you have a, a nice little dessert with MLS Cup playoffs. So it's a nice full day, nice full weekend. Of a whole bunch of games also we have a very special guest joining in soccer we trust next week it is a massive massive guest i'm going to tease it but he currently plays for the u.s men's national team and we are uh, putting a lot on his shoulders to make sure that he's one of our guys that leads us to glory and by Jimmy, glory, wait. I mean,
1: get out of the group what are you uh are you uh jumping in on some uh, house of football this weekend
0: was that uh, i cannot confirm or deny any rumors at this time
1: on sunday Potentially. I might be, uh, okay. I might be. Uh, we might be I might doing be it together. Yeah. Yeah. All
0: right. Yeah. I don't know. Okay. I'll, I'll I'll make it a tease for we'll you see. as well, Heath Pierce. All right. That's it. We are done. So on behalf of Charlie Chuckwagon Davies, we don't know what, what he's doing. Producer Des, producer Alex, I'm glad you're feeling better. Hollywood Heath Pierce. I'm Jimmy Cream Cheese, Trash Can, Conradino Conrad, saying thank you for listening and watching in Soccer We Trust. And we'll see you next week. Have a great weekend. Later.